Hello there. This is Vice President Mike Pence speaking. We're here on Vice President Radio. They gave me this nice cushy radio show during the furlough, and we're going to make the best of it. Furlough? What the hell are you talking about, Mike? Oh, Dick, hello. We haven't seen each other since the uh, torture camp of 99. <laughs> yeah, this is torture listening. I'm taking over with the... Not now, Dick. I'm in charge of the bombs. You just sit in the corner like you always do. I'm running the show now. This is Dick Cheney, and this is VP Podcasting Radio. You don't understand, Dick. The white people, I mean the people, really need to hear hear what I have to say. (laughs) Should we just talk like this the rest of the time? I'm Batman. Let's start the fucking show. This is a mess. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Vice President Radio, or as your friends call it, Son of a Ginger, where we review all the entertainment that's entertaining us. And we're talking about one of the first of a few Oscar noms that we've finally gotten to watch. We're talking Vice, about Vice President... Dick Cheney, vice president from 2001 to 2009. I thought it was pronounced Vice. 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 It is a Vice. very important Italian Oscar film. <laughs> and as always, it's your host, me, Patrick Baylor, and my co-host, Mason Moreau. Hi, I'm Mason Moreau. I hope you like my Mike Pence impression. Yeah. I literally barely know what he sounds like. I don't think anyone does, because he is a very quiet guy. Not as quiet as this Cheney fella. Cheney did some talking, but I mean, that's the thing. Maybe it was because we were young lads when he was vice president and we were not around when he was doing all his other stuff, but he was... Two things I knew about Dick Cheney for sure going into this movie. Three things. One, he was George Bush's vice vice president. Two, he accidentally shot someone in the face while pheasant hunting. Three, Sasha Baron Cohen asked asked him to sign his waterboard and he did it. That's so crazy. And good old, who was America? Um, this is America? Who is America? Who is America? This is America. Who is America? Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, this was a fun biopic. It was very snarky as it was directed by usually comedic director who has now, you know, changed paths now. This is his second Oscar bait politics real world movie. And we get a lot of his general political snark as we, I'd say definitely learned a lot about Dick Cheney in this film. Warts and all. Yeah. And lots he's of He's a pretty warts. warty guy. He's a very warty guy. So, uh, yeah, this is a, a biopic, and we'll go through it quick of the summary. I mean, the summary is he was a down-on-his-luck, blue-collar guy. He had a wife that, you know, really wanted him to be something better, and then he got an internship working in Donald Rumsfeld's office, eventually Nixon's, rose up the political food chain, and then became VP, give or take, right? <laughs> Right, yeah. That's uh, the movie, guys. is essentially about how he and his wife sort of move up the political ladder. She's essentially his Lady Macbeth. Indeed. Which they do touch upon pretty directly at one point. I want to start out by talking about Adam McKay's sort of trajectory, because I feel like it sort of mirrors Dick Cheney's in the, in the fact that he was making these pretty big budget, big name, lowbrow comedies with Will Ferrell, and you know, so they become classics, right? And yeah. he pitched the big short to whatever studio he wanted to make it with or whatever. And they said, give us Anchorman 2. Make us, make us a 
fill our pockets with Anchorman 2, and then we'll let you make this movie. He made that, uh, won an Oscar for it, mm-hmm. and so now he's just, you know, he's untouchable. He can do what he wants. Yeah. Uh, and so he decided to make this movie. And very fun, you know, and I don't know the real reasoning why, you know, he really wanted to make this movie. Like, you know, fun, you know, I don't know if... Yeah, the political climate continues to get, you know, darker and darker. So sometimes it's fun to have something that, you know, mocks politics, whether it be, you know, from yesterday or 10 years ago, which is what we got with this one. But in his general snarkiness and comedy, we got a fun take on DC and just kind of a lot of the BS that goes through DC, including the different power structures, you know, still like the the funniest line or the line that got everyone in the theater going, ha ah! Ah! Uh, was early on in the movie he asked uh, Rummy Donald Rumsfeld, "So what do we stand for?" And what then, do we believe? What do we believe? Yeah, what do we believe? And he just Rumsfeld laughs at him and is just like, "What do we believe?" <laughs> You're crazy, Dick. Yeah, uh, you and can. That's it. <laughs> you can sum up the uh, the movie with that scene. Pretty nicely. I mean, like the, the the whole tone of the movie can be summed up by that scene, right? Yeah. It's not going to give you an objective sort of look at these people's lives. It has a message to bring to you. And one thing that's really awesome that Adam McKay has sort of developed with the big short and now this movie is this way to speak directly to the audience through the character or through the screenplay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like that. And I think this movie, without having that voice, without having that you know, distinct tone that interjects some comedy and some lightheartedness to keep it fresh, uh, the movie would have been a slog. Very much so. Yeah, if it was just this gritty way of be like, this DC politician rises through DC and then DC's some more DC. Do, he's do, all do. about DC because his name's Dick Cheney. Hey, he- that's his, yeah, look at that. <laughs> Didn't even put the two and two together there. And yeah, so yeah, because of that general snark and you know satire of politics in general, we got something original. Because yeah, like uh, like you said, with the Big Short and with this movie, he does the kind of thing of like, if I were to show you a, a, a political art, art, if I were to show you a political article and just be like, can you believe this? And but then offer way more, you know, insight and spin. That's what we kind of get with this movie. Of just like, did you believe that this happened this many years ago? That this is how this how this guy rose to power or he did put this bill into place. What crazy give or take. Right. Right. You know, like he, he really was a puppet master Mm -hmm. and he, he was doing it. George Bush caught a lot of flack during his presidency. You know, he had a decent amount of followers, but he was the, he was the figurehead as a president should be. But this movie sort of proves to you that George Bush, if you don't agree with his decisions, a lot of the most disagreeable ones were made by Dick Cheney. Yeah, and he was just like, all right, sounds good, Dick. Including invading Iraq. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. And yeah, so like, not to get too political, but yeah, you see some of like all those decisions and it's like, oh, wow, a lot of these decisions is what messed up certain things, you know, led to a toppling effect of like what happened now, you know, with the thing with ISIS and general, anything in Iraq. It's like, what? Oh, because they got greedy. They really wanted to get some... Money from putting their Halliburton oil fields over there. And I thought that was nuts. Right. That was the biggest, the biggest debate, whether or not the Iraq war was over oil. Yeah. So if obviously this is not a documentary, but they make fun of it towards the end in an Ed, 
end credit scene where a character that's like supposed to play like a more right wing guy of just like, well, hey, this is made by a liberal Hollywood director. How do we know it's all just fake news and political spin? And then like the left guy is just like, well, it's based on fact. Blah blah blah. <laughs> they're gonna I like your... they're gonna they're gonna sue uh, sue them if it's not if they're making it up. Doo doo. And then they get in a fight. Well, if you look at it. From an objective point of view, you can see that it's relatively sound logic. It's relatively sound. Yeah, so you <laughs> get that back and forth. So I like how he makes fun of the general like right-winger and left-winger because it's just too obvious of who they are. You know? Yeah, I mean, they were both caricatures. and uh, there was it, The movie was rife with pro- political commentary all of the way course. around. Of course. Like, as it should be. I mean, it's a movie about Dick Cheney. So yeah, with the general snark and everything, I think this... This liberal Hollywood director was able to put it. I think, you know, we didn't get too muddy in the politics, maybe towards the end, but we got something where it's like, wow, I can't believe that happened. And you're able to laugh at something that it's now 10 years ago, feeling some effects now a little bit, but it's more so truly history, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I I think watching this movie in the theater, my mind drifted towards comparing him to Tarantino in a way. Because mm. his movies are now taking on this identity that seems solely his own. Ah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And and so that was cool to watch. Removing what we're going to talk about later, story, characters, acting, and everything. We talk about Adam McKay and how he's sort of developing this style that's unique to him. Uh, that's really, really cool to see. And it's it's fresh, and it's new, and it's entertaining. It makes me wonder... As he develops his style more, will this eventually get us into something original instead of based off of source material of stuff that actually happened in the U.S. or, you know, in the world type of thing? I don't know. I think that part of this style that I'm picking up is commenting and explaining cultural events that may have flown over the general populace's head and giving it to them in a digestible manner. Which, again, I don't mind. And then to new generations because, you know, we were... Young young lads when he was vice president and yeah we again we didn't exist when he was climbing up the political food chain right so like in the Big Short he has Margot Robbie explaining mortgages yeah right so it's that kind of thing where it's just like the, and boy was that helpful and I still don't really fully understand him <laughs> I remember a bubble bath yeah and that's it that's all we got because we were goofy goofy college kids when that came out we're just goofy kids regardless there's nothing we can do about it we're just dumb millennials mason but you know what wasn't dumb mason the performances yes they were very smart we got some smart performances with this and a couple of now oscar nominated performances best best lead actor for christian bale best supporting actor for sam rockwell best supporting actress for amy adams Mm -hmm. and then best directing for the guy for all those all those kids over there what stuck out to you the most? What'd you, who'd you like? Who'd you dig? Well, I liked Sam Rockwell's performance. I thought he did it. He thought he played George Bush really well. But I don't think he was in the movie enough to be nominated for an award. Hardly enough to be, yeah. Barely in the movie. I think one of the George Bush scenes, he exists only on a phone call. And so, like, you know, Amy Adams, Christian Bale, Totally worth it. You know, I I read the Amy Adams stating character throughout the whole film cycle or shooting cycle. That's right. She like gotten even like political debates with Adam McKay like on set, like as she was pretending to be Lynn Cheney. From what I understand, it was her first time doing any sort of method work. 
mm. which is uh you know cool to see definitely want to reward it because it it worked you know she she was a very believable performance she had a pretty crazy transformation throughout the whole movie with the makeup department and maybe she did any some personal physical transformations i don't know i didn't i don't know if she ate a pie every day like christian bale did because he did do that yes he ate a lot of pies to get gain the 40 pounds to look like uh good old dc he just sat down popped in his favorite chicken run dvd <laughs> And ate a whole bunch of pies. A whole bunch of pies. I don't want to be a pie. <laughs> I did not expect for us to be quoting the hit 2000 film Chicken Run. It's so good, though. It, it is a great movie. Good stop motion. Let's. Who cares about Vice? What do you think about Chicken Run, Mason? Well, I didn't know it was Mel Gibson for the oh, longest I, time. I forgot he was in that. Anyway, uh, going back to Sam Rockwell, though. Yeah, he was barely in it. Barely in the movie. Like I, I feel like it's just like, oh, he did a great impression of George Bush. That's all Get it was. Nom. Yeah, like, and then I feel like he's just you know riding high still from his uh, three billboards nomination from last win. year. Three yeah, he win. won. So it's the same thing of maybe like the Academy is just like, oh, remember him from last year? Oh, he's in a, he's in the movie. It's getting some buzz. Let's throw him in there. Why not? Sure, because it was just yeah a fun Bush impression, but. Did any of his choices or any of his, his character affect the movie? Not really. You know? Like, I mean, he made me laugh. Is that is that it? Is that why he got the supporting actor nom? Yeah. You know? I, like, the, the character didn't have much depth either. No. Like, he was he was kind of an idiot frat boy turned politician. Yeah. That was, to Dick Cheney, was very obviously a political pawn. Yeah. And taken advantage of, give or take. It didn't seem like that deep of a performance, deep of a role to be portraying. So I was just kind of baffled by that nomination. Yeah, because what I think he does do well, and then it more shows to show how well Golden Globe winning actor Christian Bale did in this movie in that you just feel bad for anyone that Dick Cheney interacts with. And that I think that definitely shows how great of a job that Christian Bale did in that he totally disappeared into this role with his transformation and everything else. And the entire time I didn't, I never thought, what is Christian Bale doing? I just thought, man, Dick Cheney's really, really a dick, isn't he? Yeah. Living up to that name, living up to the name Dick, you know, shout out to the comedic delivery that Christian Bale had when he was like, yeah, I think I'm going to need to go to the hospital. That was great. That was such a funny running gag in the, in the movie. (laughs) And you know, like it, I don't know, man. It's it's just funny how they played into how many heart attacks he's had. Yeah, and just yeah, constantly peppered in. You're a fat fuck there, Dick. <laughs> yeah, so they were like really able to sell. He was really able to sell all those little goofy things that were not goofy at all for real Dick Cheney. But oh, another heart attack. It's great. He took the material that he had and spun it to be even more fun. And again, shows more what. Adam McKay did, but what he did as well. They were a great team together. And as Adam McKay continues to develop, as Adam McKay continues to develop, I would love to see Christian Bale be like his Leonardo DiCaprio or his Robert De Niro. Right, and that's the other thing is he's he's now amassing this group of actors that love working with him. Right, Steve Carell as well. Steve Carell and Christian Bale both were in The Big Short. Yep, and uh, you know now they're in this movie and. You know, this this sort of 
group of actors that'll follow him it is is an exciting sort of pairing. Or, uh, and those guys are pretty good company, you know, mm-hmm. as they both, you know, well, Christian Bale's been a great dramatic actor, but as you know, Steve Carell kind of has his career become as dramatic as Adam McKay's is at the same time, it's cool to see both of them become more and more successful. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just rooting for, for these guys to just keep on doing their thing, man. And so, and then last performance, uh, yeah, Amy Adams, wonderful. I don't know who, oh, actually, just kidding. Lady Gaga was good. Helen Mirren was, or not Helen Mirren, uh, Glenn Close was good. Uh, yeah, with, with all these nominations, yeah, I wonder who will win. Because it's got nominated for a lot of stuff, you know, eight nominations. But like, so like Best Makeup, for example, out of the park, probably will win, you think, right? Other than maybe, I guess, what, is uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody nominated for that too? Maybe. It's like, who could they, who could they get to like, who could get their actor to look like someone else? False, false teeth versus like complex aging, I think Vice has it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but how do you think it's going to stack up? Vice in terms of like, I think that it, it'll probably win some makeup or some, you know, technical awards. Is that, that's what they're called, right? Yeah. Like the more technical, but like the only like really technical award it is nominated for is makeup and hair. But otherwise it's kind of the big ones, like in creative ones, it's nominated for editing as well. And then like original screenplay of like the more like craftier awards as opposed to just directing and acting. Yeah. So the, uh, the screenplay, I think it has a pretty decent chance at winning because the, the movie's beats and the movie's structure was such a singular voice. And it was, like I said before, I think that the screenplay was something unique and bringing it to life really, really worked Yeah, as a film. So I, I, I think it, it has a pretty decent chance at winning best screenplay. Yeah. And I would still definitely call this a drama, but it was fun the entire time and dramedy. Sure. Totally. And like, you know, for example, like it had great gags. We talk about the heart thing. The end credits roll in the middle of the movie, hilarious. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, when it seems like, oh, it looks like his uh, political career is coming to an end. Do-do-do-do-do. What? You're going to be vice president? (laughs) Yeah, so uh, what about editing? Did you like how it was edited? I did like how it was edited for the most part. I felt like there, there was one weird edit where they jump into... Shakespearean soliloquy. Yes. That was, uh, that it took me a minute to register that they were now speaking in Shakespearean prose. Yeah. Uh, because the, this two scenes sort of shift seamlessly together. And maybe it was done like that on purpose, but I don't think it landed like it was supposed to. I think that if, you know, if the environment had gone dark and then a spotlight shone on them and then, you know, like, if, yeah. Maybe, yep. maybe that's not editing. No, that might be just a little bit of everything. And I guess this isn't editing. Well, it's a little bit of editing in that they did some fun things of framing things that they can legally not speculate on. For example, yes. like, you know, like they had like oil exec one and oil exec two, like faces blurred going. And their names rrr, are bleeped. Rrr, 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 rrr. We'd like to put this here. You know, I thought that was fun. So again, that was a writing choice. So shows that this film everything works because it was just well led you know editing was good because the writing was good acting was good because the directing was good type of thing you know yeah because a good pre-pro post-pro was good too it literally was the sum of its parts 
Yeah. So I want to talk about how this movie lends insight towards the political climate, the societal climate today, right? I think one of the biggest reveals in the movie was that it was how Dick Cheney's actions essentially created ISIS by creating a celebrity terrorist. Yeah. Which I find morbidly hilarious, right? It's this guy who's like, oh, I guess I'm the shit now. And he's like, come over here. And I I love war. And we're just going to go start a war. War with America. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're a viral sensation. You're important. And like the dude's just eating a sandwich. I am? He's the Walmart kid of... Of ISIS, he's of the Mason. <laughs> he's the Mason Ramsey of Al Qaeda and ISIS, and oh my goodness, yep, you're right. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, we're gonna start our own thing. We're doing our own thing here. I got got some some weapons stockpiled. You, you might need your help with some stuff, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna go kill some people. And <laughs> yeah, today is one of the biggest threats to the country. Yeah, and it's crazy. Yeah, the political ramifications of some of those choices. Yeah, it. I was upset a little bit, like at the end of the movie, and you, you could tell in our a little bit more heated conversations, more on just the politics side. But again, not to get too political, but there's just some points where it's just like, how did this happen? What about the checks and balances? So, if anything, this movie really shows that the checks and balances are all BS. That someone that is just vying for power, will have that power. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that is like the main thing in this movie is about Dick Cheney's realization to some sort of flaw in the legal system. Or like it's not even, it's like a theory or a, you know, some sort of clause that basically says if a president does something, it's not illegal because he's the president. Yeah. Right. So, He's going through politics with this idea, and I feel like so many people have followed in those footsteps since, where it's just like, you know, I'm I'm the one who calls these shots. Those shots can't affect me because I called them. Exactly. And you see that, yeah, one where it's like, all right, that's kind of dangerous governing. But also you notice that that is sometimes in the people that the president governs over. Some people will just be like, oh, I mean, I guess, that yeah, the president said it. Got to respect the president. Yeah, we'll we'll listen to him. Yeah, sure. I guess I guess he didn't have sexual sexual relations with that woman. Yeah, you know he yeah. said so. You know, I guess he didn't grab her by the whatever. You know, he he said he didn't, or he said he's sorry. So you know, whatever, whatever, sure. It's our president. Gotta respect him. So, yeah, and then now that it's just so easy to be in power, or so easy to like dilute and manipulate your own power. At least like we saw Cheney do. It just highlights that right. Washington's just a bunch of BS. You know, I feel like there were plenty of people who were trying to Dick Cheney Donald Trump, where the, there were plenty of Republicans who were like, okay, well, I, like, we'll have Trump in the office and we'll be calling the shots. Totally. Right? And th- then it just completely backfired. Yeah, because it shows he might not know anything, but he'll confidently run things like he does know everything. And that's, yeah. that might be one difference between him and Bush, for example. He'll just be like, oh, yeah, I totally know everything. Like, for, like with, you could say with like North Korea, for example, you know, this time a year ago he said the threat was neutralized, and then now they're here again saying, oh, we still have nukes and stuff. And he's like, oh, no big deal. What are you talking about? We're almost going to get those off soon. It's like, what type of thing? I'm just now on a political rant. Anyway, with this film, 
we do see that politics is crazy BS. It's very easy to manipulate if you are a powerful person, I guess. And if you are vigilant and making sure you get that power, you can be VP, Mason. Ultimately, one of the things that this movie brings to light is that the people who want power and the people who are the most hungry for power will get it, whether or not it's a democracy or, right, it's it's the thirst for power can overpower the American voter. Yeah. Uh, which is just, it's, it's scary to see. It makes me, it, like, you walk out of the movie and you're just like, what does democracy even mean anymore? Just yeah. Because like, you want to hope for, you know, democracy is every informed voter votes for the right candidate that says the right things and truly wants to do the right thing, but that's not how it works. You could just be like, oh, I don't like how, what the, that candidate was wearing the thing, so I'm going to vote for the other person type of thing, for example. Or, you know, you could be the most uninformed person or the most informed person. Your vote means the same thing type of thing. So in the whole political world, you want everything to work right and just go right and go as it should be, but it never will. Walking out of this movie, I walked out feeling like I had enjoyed myself, but I also walked out saying like, this movie was sort of everything that I go to the movies to avoid. Completely. It told me everything that I go to the movies to forget about for 90 minutes. Yeah, you don't want to think about war and yeah, every politician's thirst for power and what the current politicians are doing right now to gain power and stuff like that. No, you want to watch a, a bunny hop around or explosions. And <laughs> well, I mean, I'm all down for a serious drama. Yeah. But... One that shows these long-reaching implications of shit that happened when I was seven years old. Yeah, and could do I'm nothing like, about. I was just like, uh, well, damn. Yeah, well, damn, and there's nothing I can do about it now. Man, darn, you know? We all have our own vices. We all have our own vices, but to get a power costs a couple of prices. <laughs> Sounded half-drunk saying that. You can- I'm drunk on this power. You can't get to vice president without stepping on a few toes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie. <laughs> Watch Dick Cheney as he works his way through Washington and runs into some problems with his friend Plunkett. <laughs> with, his, with, his, with his pal Rummy. <laughs> I forgot his name. Him Rumsfeld. And, him and Rummy who just loves to eat rum rummy ice cream. <laughs> Frolic around Washington and try to justify the Vietnam War. <laughs> oh my Uh-oh, God. looks like Dick needs to go to the hospital. What's going to happen next? Find out when you buy your ticket. Another heart attack. But you know what's given me a heart attack, Mason? All the possible ways to listen to Son of a Ginger. How do we do it again? Uh, you can go to Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. And many other most places where you can find podcasts today. I think I listed them all that were available on. Smoke Signals? I don't think we're available on that. I've never even heard of that. Or like maybe just like a very bad uh, telegram transmission through Dick Cheney's beating heart. Yeah, we're ava- we are available on Dick Cheney's pacemaker. Yes, there we go. Uh, Took a while to get there. Um, well, with that...
Did I say everything? I guess so. Hey, we're about to end it, so yeah. Uh, well, with that, don't go breaking my heart. <laughs> don't go transplanting my heart. Don't go transplanting my heart. Uh, and transplant our music into your ears. With that, I'm Patrick Baylor. I hope you've enjoyed our voices for 30 minutes, audience. I am Mason Moreau. Ginger out! Sun out. <laughs>